Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter number 13. I Just a moment ago, I checked the weather forecast on my phone, and there's a 90% chance it's going to rain today, so I didn't know if uh, you knew that or not. You're going to have to listen on purpose. I know that it is hard for me to hear myself uh, with the rain. Can y'all hear me okay in the back? You cannot hear me at all. That's because you're old. That's why you can't hear me. Uh, but uh, um, if, uh, if you can't hear me, do the best you can. Um, it is supposed to rain for a while, but if it does let up enough uh, to make a dash for the vehicles, I will shorten things uh, a little bit. And so, um, But please listen on purpose. And I pray in a moment, if you could move closer, if you'd like to move closer, uh, please do so. Uh, But I want to draw your attention to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 13. And I'm going to read several verses this morning. And we'll begin reading in verse number 26 of Acts chapter number 13. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation spent, verse 27, salvation sent, for they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they power that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up from him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, and that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid into his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again, saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which, he, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. There's several verses here, and if we were to go back to the beginning of this chapter, we would see how uh, Paul... And Paul, in the beginning of chapter 13, we see how um, Paul and Barnabas were separated. And now they have gone out, and now they are uh, giving the gospel. Paul is giving a history uh, of how God has uh, brought um, a Savior. And now, as we have read, uh, how that Savior is uh, the answer for salvation. And this morning, for the time that I have, I want to preach on this subject, God's plan for man's salvation. 
God's plan for man's salvation. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray this morning uh, that You would bless our time together. Uh, Father, You knew the events of the day would happen just as they have happened. And Father, I pray now that uh, You would give attention to the Word of God. You would give attention uh, to what You would have uh, done this morning. And Father, I pray that uh, those who have already called on the name of, of, of the Lord Jesus for their salvation would be encouraged this morning. That be reminded that you had a plan. And Father, I pray that there be one this morning who's not saved, not sure of their eternity. They would get that settled before they leave. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We find here that God certainly had a plan of salvation. And I for one this morning am thankful that God had a plan, aren't you? And if you're saved this morning, it's only because of the grace of a loving and an almighty God. If we were to take time to go through the book of Acts chapter number 13, we'll find that history as, as Paul is giving the history of how God sent a son. We'll find that uh, he is reminding them and he is telling them how from the seed of David and then how John the Baptist prophesied and revealed that Jesus was uh, the Son of God. We find a couple of interesting things that we need to see by way of introduction this morning. Uh, we find in uh, verse 27, let me remind you what the Bible says, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew Him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day. He reminds them that uh, they have ignored the prophets. The prophets that God had sent to speak of the coming Savior, they had ignored them. And because they had ignored them, they knew not the Savior. And friend, I could just say this morning, by way of introduction, the same is true of men in the day that we live. They ignored the prophets of God. They ignored the Scriptures that tells us that there is an only begotten Son, there is a perfect Lamb of God, and He is the only way of salvation. And because they ignore that message, men today do not know the Son of God. They have no salvation because they have ignored the prophets, ignored the Word of God. We also see... In verse number 28, and they, and though they found no, let me, let me back up a little bit. It's kind of a, a, proves the point of our day. Verse 27, which are read every Sabbath day. They read the very scriptures that they ignored. They read the very scriptures that they did not believe. Just because you wear a t-shirt that says John 3.16 doesn't mean you have believed on what John 3.16 has said. Just because somebody holds up at a football game, John 3.16 doesn't mean they have salvation. You can have the Scriptures, but if you ignore what they say, you don't know the Lord either. We have to do it the Bible way. Verse number 28, And though they found no cause of death in Him. Think about what we are being reminded of this morning. They found no cause of death in Him. Yet desired they Pilate that He should be slain. Well, they, there was nothing that Jesus had done to deserve 
the crucifixion on the cross. He was sinless. He was perfection. He was the spotless Lamb. And truthfully, those that crucified Him knew that He had done nothing to deserve that punishment. The Scripture confirms this this morning. But yet we find a rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in a day today when people, just because they don't believe, they say they don't believe that He was the Son of God, they think that changes things. Friends, whether somebody believes on Him or not does not change the fact that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. He is the, the spotless one. He is the sinless one. He is the only one by which we may have salvation. And when somebody believes a different doctrine, when somebody says, well, I'm just trying to do enough good works so it outweighs my bad works, in order for you to put your faith in that, you have to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And God sent His Son, and man rejected Him. It would be a sad thing for you to make the effort to be in a church service on this Sunday morning with all of the rain, with all of the weather, and you hear the prophets, hear the Word of God, and yet choose to believe in another way for your salvation. It would be a shame for you to reject the Son of God because He is the only one by which you must have salvation. We find here man's sin. We find here man not listening to the Word of God. Paul is reminding them that it was, it, there was no need, there was no cause for Christ's crucifixion, yet they did it anyway. Verse 26, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, uh, to you, uh, I'm sorry, that's, uh, verse 28, And though they found no cause in death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. Verse 29, And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. They did all they could do to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, God still had a plan for their salvation. Let me remind all of us of something this morning. Everybody here is a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners. Every man is a sinner. Did you know that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it did not take God by surprise? It grieved the heart of God, just like your sin grieves the heart of God, but it did not take God by surprise. God had a plan for the salvation of man. That's what Paul is reminding these religious people in this setting that God still had a plan. He had a plan the whole time. He had a plan for Jesus to come from the seed of David. He had a plan to which John the Baptist revealed and said, this is the behold the Lamb of God. He had a plan that even when they read the Scriptures week in and week out and still did not believe on Jesus. And then when they crucified Him, Him having nothing, done nothing wrong, not deserved the crucifixion, a sinless perfection, and they took Him off of that cross, and I hope you, you caught it there, having fulfilled all that had been said. Fulfilling the prophecies that would take place, and that were things that were prophesied, such as the book of Isaiah, they took Him and they laid Him in a tomb. So God still had a plan? You know that you as a sinner, God still had a plan for your salvation? 
that gives, as a, as a Christian this morning, as somebody who's trusted Christ, that reminds me of the goodness of my God. That reminds me of the love of my God. That He made a plan for the salvation of man. I don't know about you, but we think of, uh, I know that we think a whole lot different than God. If somebody rejects our child, we hold a grudge against them forever. We hold a grudge against their kids and their grandkids, and we write it in our will that you must hate this beloved because they rejected our child. We have a love for our child. We will reject it. But yet, when God's only son was rejected, and he was pulling that cross, having never sinned, and then they took him off of that tree, fulfilling what the prophets had prophesied about, and put him in that sepulcher, it did not end there. It was not a change of plans. God had already put a plan in place for the very ones who crucified him to still have salvation. Let's talk about that plan just for a moment this morning. Notice with me in verse number 30. And we see the first part of this plan as God raised him from the dead. They had fulfilled, verse 29, all that was written. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. Man had ignored the prophets, had ignored the teachings, had ignored the scriptures week in and week out to the point where they rejected the one who came to save them. They rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. They put him on that old cross and, and having him suffer much anguish and pain. And when he gave up the ghost, because I remind you, they did not take his life from him. No man could have taken his life from him. He laid down his life. They took him off of that cross and they laid him in a sepulcher. Aren't you thankful that it doesn't end at verse 29? But verse number 30 reminds us that God raised him from the dead. Friend, let me help you this morning. When the devil comes and sits on your shoulder and reminds you what a sinner you are and reminds you that you don't deserve salvation and reminds you that you deserve hell, won't you just remind him that Acts chapter 13, verse number 30 is still in the Bible, but God raised him from the dead. He did not stay in that tomb. He did not stay in that sepulcher. God raised him from the the dead, even though men rejected him, even though they crucified him, God raised him from the dead. And this morning, I think we, instead of getting discouraged when we face certain circumstances, we should be reminded God raised him from the dead. I think when we get discouraged, when we mess up and we stumble and we fall, we ought to pick ourselves up and be reminded, hey, I'm still saved. God still had a plan of salvation. I'm still on my way to heaven. And let me put that in the past, ask for forgiveness, but God hath raised him from the dead. We live in a cynical world today. We live in a world today where people are more confused by false religion and, and confused by, 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 by their own, uh, the, 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 uh, their own need of, uh, of fulfilling their own salvation and believing they are the way of salvation. After all, they're more educated. After all, uh, that they can do things on their own. But friend, God has still raised him from the dead and he is alive today. And scripture tells us he will be alive forevermore and we have salvation because he has raised him from the dead. It is, when it comes to man's salvation, it is never hopeless. I think if we all this morning took a few moments, we could probably think of somebody who we wonder if they're saved or lost. Maybe you know somebody who's hopeless in your mind. 
God still has a plan of salvation. God has still made a way of salvation. In spite of man's rejection, in spite of man not listening to the Scripture, God still has raised him from the dead. Let's continue on this journey of God's plan for man's salvation, if you will. Verse 31, And he was seeing many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. Now, it's a wonderful thing that God raised the Lord Jesus from the... Isn't it a wonderful thing that Jesus is alive? But it wouldn't do us much good if we didn't know about it, would it? God loved us so much, and his, He made a way of salvation to the degree that when, when, when religious people, they read the Scriptures, they didn't listen to the prophets, He told them Jesus was coming, they rejected Him, put Him on the cross, God raised Him from the dead, saying, you, you, can't, you can't change the fact that I love man, you can't change the fact that I've made a way of salvation. But not only loved us enough, death could not hold Him. He loved us so much that He told us about it. He sent witnesses. And here is Paul as a witness telling these people that Jesus is alive. But aren't you thankful somebody was a witness to you? What do you think about? I want you, if you're saved this morning, I want you to think about that time when you heard the Gospel. That time when when the Holy Spirit puts you under conviction and, and whether you were reading a gospel track or whether you were sitting in a church service or whether somebody came by your house or whatever the setting, when you heard that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins and you knew you were a sinner, you knew you needed a Savior. Can you think back to that time when that witness was made to you? Aren't you thankful for that witness this morning? Aren't you thankful that God sent witnesses? And let me say, it is still God's plan. God, Jesus is still alive, is He not? Absolutely He is. That has not changed. The fact that He sent witnesses then, that still has not changed. He still sends witnesses today. If we know Jesus is alive, and, and how many of you will acknowledge that this morning? How many of you are thankful for that? Don't you think we ought to be a witness of that? Well, this morning as I was going over these notes, the Lord gave me another message. I'm not sure when I'll preach it, but it's on how credible of a witness are you? Uh, we're all to be a witness. But I wonder how many of us really are witnesses are willing to share the good news that Jesus has, has risen again. Jesus is the way of salvation. That was God's plan of salvation. You think about, think with me in the context of Scripture, how when Jesus on that third day came forth out of that tomb, and then as He began to reveal Himself, and those that personally saw Him, can you imagine how exciting that had to be for them? Can you imagine what that experience must have been like? But then he said, I want everybody to know. Go be witnesses. We know Acts 1 verse 8, as he ascended into heaven, that was his last decree, to be witnesses unto the whole world, so that the whole world might know. 
It is still the plan of God for the whole world to know. Boy, this morning, it's, it, I mentioned earlier that I'm thankful to be an American. I certainly am. But it's not just an American gospel. It's not an American salvation. It's a salvation for the whole world. It's a salvation for every man. It's a salvation for every nationality. It's for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not a gospel for the rich, for the poor. Uh, it's not a gospel for, for, for one certain race or denomination. Uh, but much of the book of Acts talks about and teaches us that as Gentiles, we are grafted in as Gentiles because the Jews reject. We have an opportunity of salvation. It is a gospel for all of us. If you're here this morning and you're not saved because you think you've sinned so much that God couldn't save you, friend, let me tell you something. I know some people who are saved and, and you'd have to really be working to sin more than they've sinned. But let me just tell you this morning, Jesus will save anybody who wants to be saved. That's part of God's plan. Go be witnesses. But before I move along in the message this morning, I think of somebody that you know that you can be a witness to. If you can tell them, whether it be in an invitation to church, whether it be to give them a gospel track or just in conversation leading to a point of giving them the gospel, to be a witness. It's still His plan. I don't understand churches who uh, don't make an effort to get the Gospel out. I just, I just don't understand that. It is part of God's plan uh, to, to be aggressive in our witness. It's part of God's plan to send out missionaries. It's part of God's plan to get the Gospel to those uh, who would never have it otherwise. We are to be witnesses. It's God's plan of salvation. If we've got the greatest news in the world and we don't share it, what good does that news do anyone? As part of God's plan of salvation is witnesses were sent to the world. Let's look number three. Look in verse number 37 with me. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Paul is preaching here that Jesus provides a forgiveness of sins. Do you realize, and if you think back, and many of you have been saved a long time, you have to think back to the weight and the burden of carrying your own sins and not having that debt yet forgiven through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I was saved as a child, and I'm thankful for that, but how many go through this world unsaved, they've never trusted Christ, and they carry the weight and the burdens of all of their sins. Uh, what, what a burden, but Paul is reminding that through Christ is forgiveness of sins. Friend, if you're saved this morning, aren't you thankful for forgiveness of sins? What do you think about that? Well, there, 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 there's enough sin and sins committed for those in this room. Oh, to, 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 to put Jesus certainly on the cross, but you think about the forgiveness of those sins and how God grants forgiveness and through Jesus we have forgiveness of those sins. And that's what His plan is that through Jesus is the forgiveness of sins. A preaching to you the forgiveness of sins and by Him. You know, it is only through Christ we are saved. Well, are, you with, are you with me this morning? It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ you can be saved. You cannot be saved through a church. You cannot be saved through good works. 
You cannot, you cannot, you cannot be saved through any other thing other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I think it's pretty clear. No one gets to God but through Christ. And it's the forgiveness of sins. This morning, if you're saved, how many of you are saved this morning? You know, you know you're saved. Don't go through life letting the devil beat you up for your sins. They've been forgiven. They're under the blood. But that which would take you to hell, Christ has forgiven, and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you can't, you can't confess your sins to a man and get forgiveness of sins. Sometimes Christians come to me and, and, and church members come to me and, and, and they're, they're growing in. They say, Pastor, I need to tell you this and this and this. And I stop and say, I'm not your priest. I don't want to. Truth of the matter is, I don't want to know. It's not me you got to confess to. Whereas it's not me that grants for, for forgiveness. It's, it's the Almighty God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, if you're saved this morning, I say, well, Pastor, I just can't find anything to be excited about. How about forgiveness of your sins? How about the fact that you don't have to pay your own sin debt? That's really the choice. God can grant forgiveness so we can pay for our own sins by burning forever in that horrible place called hell. You see, God's plan. Aren't you thankful for God's plan? Even though we have the prophets, even though we have the Scriptures, so many today will stand in religious centers and so many will, will follow to different places where they have uh, the words of the prophets and yet they will reject the very One who was sent to save them. They'll add to Jesus Christ. They'll take away from just putting faith in Jesus. Jesus Christ. And they reject Him, but God's plan, He still raised Him from the dead. He still sent out witnesses. And it's through Jesus the forgiveness of sins. Number four, and finally this morning, we also see in verse number 39, and by Him all that believeth are justified from all things. I don't know if you mark in your Bible, I mark in my Bible, but that word all is circled. All that believe are justified from all things. Aren't you thankful that it's for all, not just that it's for all have sinned, but that all are justified through faith? Wait, all who want to be saved can be saved. All. You know, Jesus didn't die for just a, a select group of individuals. He died for all men. All men might be saved that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. The fourth thing we mentioned this morning as part of God's plan for man's salvation is that all that believe are saved by grace, not the law. Do you know, if you're saved this morning, as so many of you have already raised your hand and given testimony that you're saved, do you realize it's not because of anything you've done? But it's all by the grace of God. One thing that I always will be aware of, and I want to fight in my own life, and the longer you're saved, I think we, we need to fight the fight that the further we get away from that moment of, uh, of decision, that moment of putting our faith in Christ, somehow we allow ourselves to be convinced that we're saved and it's because of something we've done. All I had to do is put my faith on Jesus. But I couldn't save myself. 
You couldn't save yourself. It's by grace. And He reminds them in verse 39, all that believe are justified. Notice those next three words, from all things. Jesus takes care and took care of the most wicked of sin. All the things that you and I would put at the top of the list, the most vile, wicked things that man can do, He justified from all things. You take that thief on the cross that turned to Him and said He believed, and Jesus said, Today that will be with me in paradise. You take somebody who deserved to be crucified. Somebody who deserved that punishment. Do you realize that the moment He took His last breath on that cross next to Jesus, He was in paradise. He had, he had salvation. Why? Because He was justified from all things. Not to take too much time this morning, but that word justification, it simply means that it's like it's as if He never sinned. It took the record, the perfect record of the Lord Jesus Christ and puts it on our record. And so when God sees us, we're just we're justified. He doesn't see our sin. And this morning, it doesn't matter what you've done. If Jesus has saved you, He saved you from all things. That's why a little child with still an innocent mind, still an innocent heart, can come to the Lord Jesus and He can save them. That's why somebody can be saved growing up in Sunday school. And mom and dad can be saved and be teaching them the right things. And they can come to know that they need the Lord Jesus Christ. That was my testimony. I was brought up in church. I was brought up in a Christian home. And I was constantly taught the Word of God and my need of salvation. And thankfully, God saved me with sin. One sin, no matter how little we think it is, would send anybody to hell. And God saved me uh, just a few months short of my fifth birthday. And, 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 but I, I, I was a sinner. I had done things that I should not have done. But you know what? God saved me from all those things. Somebody can live a hundred years of age and live the most wicked of life before they take their last breath that they put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. He justifies them from all things. Well, sadly, I've had many conversations with many individuals who they paused at that moment of putting their faith in Christ because of something that they had done that they did not think could be forgiven or should be forgiven. And friend, this morning, aren't you glad that God's plan of salvation, there's not a list in heaven that if you commit this and this and this, you're too rotten and you're too dirty and you're too wicked to be saved. No, friend, all sin condemns us to hell. All sin offends God. But yet He justifies, uh, we're justified which you could be, uh, from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Those religious of that day are so similar to the religious of this day. They keep the law. They keep all the things they're supposed to do. All the things that man's religion says, all the things the church says that you have to do in order to be saved. But yet, that law could not justify them. That law could only condemn them. But only the Lord Jesus Christ, only through Him, could they be justified. Friend, this morning... I don't know about you, but I'm thankful and I get excited when I think that when God looks at the record of Greg Neal, He does not see the sins that I've committed. But He sees the perfect record of His perfect Son and says He's justified. He's, he's, been, he's been forgiven. He, he, he's got the record of my Son. 
Friend, I think this morning that Christians, we ought to be a little bit more excited about that than we get about that. The fact that in spite of the fact that men rejected Him, in spite of the fact we have not listened, and man has not listened, He still had a plan of salvation. And God still raised Him from the dead. And we still have a way to heaven this morning. And this morning, I want us to, if you're saved this morning, we ought to rejoice in God's plan of salvation. We ought to rejoice in the fact that somebody brought it to us. And it is our duty, it is our responsibility to be a witness to someone else. It'd be a horrible, horrible thing uh, for, for, for us to have salvation and never share that with anybody else. It's, it, it would be a, it would be it'd be a terrible thing for somebody that we could share and be a witness of, uh, so that that somebody else might be able to be saved. And friend, this morning all that believe are saved and justified. But that's why if you've been saved this morning. That's why we have been saved from that horrible place called hell. We've been saved to an eternity in heaven, but we have been saved to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. We've been saved to serve Him. Friend, today we should not live to please ourselves. We should not live to serve ourselves, but we should live to serve the Almighty God, to serve the One that saved us. And our lives should honor Him. Our lives should give glory to Him. And this morning, God has provided a plan for man's salvation, of which I'm very, very thankful. But as we close this morning, I want to be very, very pointed this morning. I know it's a different Sunday morning with the weather and the schedule and the holiday. But if you're here this morning and you're not for certain you're on your way to heaven, but God has a plan. He has one plan. He has one way. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted Him as your Savior, don't make the same mistake others have made and hear the Scriptures and choose to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you're already and you're saved, but why don't we live a victorious Christian life? You've been saved from all things. You've been justified in the sight of God. We ought to live a victorious Christian life. I don't want to, if I'm saved from a burning building, I'm not going to run it back to it. I want to stay out of it. I want to live a, a victorious life. I want to live a, a life that is free from condemnation. Why don't you and I decide that whatever life brings our way, we're going to rejoice in our salvation. We Rejoice that God had a plan of salvation for us and be a witness to other people. I, I believe and I know it's true that even in, 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 in solid Bible-believing churches just like this one, we need to constantly be reminded of our responsibility to be a witness, to tell somebody else about salvation, somebody else of their need of the Savior, well, this morning, may we rejoice in being saved. Father, we thank You today for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank You for salvation. We thank You that in spite of the way man treated Him, that You raised Him from the dead. You sent witnesses. We can have forgiveness of our sins, and it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this morning for the Christian we will live a victorious life because of our salvation, we'll be reminded of what You've done for us. Father, I pray if 
there's one here this morning that does not know Jesus, that they'll get that settled. I pray that you'll work in the time of invitation. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I know I've already asked this question several times this morning, but I want to ask it one more time if you'll permit me. If you're here this morning and you know without any shadow of a doubt, perhaps along the way in the message your mind went back to that place and that time when you put your faith in Jesus. If you say, Pastor, this morning again, by raising my hand, I have a testimony that I am 100% sure I'm on my way to heaven. I know without any doubt that I'm saved. I know that our sins have been forgiven. And heaven is my eternal home. If that's your testimony this morning, again, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I know for certain I'm on my way to heaven. On my way to heaven. What a wonderful sight. You put your hands down. I wonder if there would be one this morning who, if you're honest, you'd have to admit that you have some doubt about your eternity. You're not certain of your salvation. But I wonder if, there, if you'd be honest this morning in the front of God. Say, I'll be honest with God. I'll be honest with myself. I'll be honest with you, Pastor. I'm not for certain. I'm on my way to heaven. If there's anyone like that this morning, would you just... Heads about eyes are closed. Would you just slip your head up so I can pray for you? Say, Pastor, I'm not for certain. I'm on my way to heaven. In just a moment, we're going to stand to our feet. The piano is going to begin to play. Christians are going to respond to the altar. And if you, whether you raise your hand or not, you need to get your salvation settled. Somebody will show you from the Bible how you can be saved. But before we stand to our feet, I wonder, Christian, if there's somebody the Lord placed on your heart that you could be a witness to. I think it would be a wonderful thing for you to determine to ask the Lord for the opportunity to be that witness. Maybe you determine to do so. I want to speak just to, just for a moment to a discouraged Christian this morning. Let me remind you that Jesus died for you. Let me remind you that God sent a witness so that you could be saved. We don't have to live defeated. We don't have to be discouraged. Say, well, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know all the things that have taken place. You might be right, and it might be very difficult circumstances, but if you're saved this morning, I do know one thing that's taken place. God forgave you when you didn't deserve to be forgiven. And you have salvation. You have eternal life. Let's put our focus on that. We stand to our feet this morning. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The piano begins to play. If God has spoken